This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to our show. We've got uh, quite a bit going on tonight, so I'm going to try to make this as brief as possible. At the end of the show, Tony's going to tell you things that are totally false, so just disregard them. Oh, is that only at the end? Well, it's the NFL, so you're going to make your picks, and uh-huh. I guarantee they'll be not working out for you because he's picking the Chargers. Just a heads up. I, I always pick the Chargers. <laughs> well, I don't pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. That's, silly. I might pick That's them, silliness. I might pick them to win the Super Bowl this year, though. So we'll Ooh, see. We'll have to wait and see. It should be interesting. So uh, since we last talked, John McCain passed away. Uh, he was fighting an inoperable brain tumor that basically uh, the day before he passed away, he said he was stopping treatment. I think he had stopped treatment earlier. So uh, I thought we'd talk about John McCain and what he meant to politics and America and what he left behind. So, you know, he was a POW for what, five and a half years, I believe? I think somewhere like that. In Vietnam. Uh, he was a pilot shot down over Vietnam. Um, he kind of called himself a maverick, straight talk express during the 2008 election. I, I think, how do I put this? I think he meant more to politics earlier in his career than I think he did later in his career. Uh, I think 2008 was his maybe his high point. I don't even know that that was a high point. I think 2000 was probably his high point where he actually looked like an outsider trying to challenge George W. Bush for the Republican nomination. I think by 2008, he was no longer – he was just had been around long enough to me. That's what it felt like. He was out of money, and somehow he got the nomination. Saddened that he's gone because I think he, he did a lot for this country. But I have a criticism of, of the last couple months of his life. And that was that he didn't resign from his seat, the Senate seat, so that there could be an appointed person to actually take his spot and vote on a lot of things going through Congress. I wish he, did, he had, but he yeah, um, obviously it's, it is a sad day. I uh, I think John McCain. You know, people toss around the term hero all the time. Mm-hmm. Look, my view is that a man who served his country and was basically tortured for five or six years, uh, you know at the Hanoi Hilton. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's nothing you can say to that person except thank you for your, your incredible exactly. service. Exactly. Um, you know, I mean, he was to the point where, you know, he, he couldn't lift his arms above his shoulders because of having them repeatedly broken. And I think one of the more disgusting things that Donald Trump has ever said was his comment during the prime Republican primaries that essentially, uh, you know, I don't, uh, uh, heroes don't get captured was essentially the gist yes. of it, right? Yes. He was Wayne a, got shot down. He was a captured. he was a loser, and again, coming from a guy that essentially uh, skirted the draft from you know for his bone spurs or whatever. Just <laughs> yeah. Again, one of the things that one of the many things that Donald Trump has said that just make you say you know that's just contemptible. Again, whatever you think about John McCain's politics, and I had major disagreements with John mm-hmm. McCain about mm-hmm. a lot of things and uh particularly because he enjoyed in my view being sort of the darling of the left-wing media right his maverick persona was essentially <laughs> he's the guy we can go to on certain issues who is going to bash republicans and side with us and pretty much look um i give him credit for being i think for the most part a man of principle he has said many um 
very sort of humble things about the mistakes that he made in his life. I think one of the comments that he made was one of his greatest errors, sins, I forget the exact term he used, was the uh, the dissolution of his first marriage, which he blamed on himself. And so I found him to be a guy who I think was a principled man. I think he was misguided in some of his policy decisions, but you know what? Um, so what? That That's politics. Well, yeah. um, and yeah. I also think that once again... Uh, you know, the whole thing with Trump, just he can't get out of his own way. Trump's petulance in we're not going to issue sort of this. Um, they gave a statement, but then and then the the flag, what the whole thing with the flag yeah. being in half mass and then it wasn't or half staff, I should say. Yeah. Um, just why? Why? I think it. It speaks to Trump as who he is. He didn't like John McCain, and John McCain didn't like him, and he think he he carried yeah, and, it way further John, than he should and have. John, and honestly, at the end of his life, and I think you give give a man who is suffering from an inoperable brain tumor a lot of latitude. But John McCain did not cloak himself in glory with his mm-hmm. responses to Donald Trump. I mean, he he got down in the mud pit, and we could say chicken or egg, who started that? Um, Probably Trump. <laughs> there are a lot of things that John McCain did that were also very peevish and j- just leave it alone. But I think the man is a great American. He has an incredible story. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you thought that he was a rhino, uh, it really should have nothing to do with recognizing the, the mm-hmm. sadness in his passing and his service. Yes. And I think Donald Trump in this instance um, did a discredit to the office of the presidency in many ways by how he handled this. I think Donald Trump seemed petty and little for how he handled this. Yes. And I don't care if you didn't like him. He served his country with honor. He was captured. He was tortured. He came home and he served in public office, whether you agree with all his politics. And I think probably Donald Trump agreed with most of his politics up until he ran for president, I'm guessing, or closer to that. Right. And actually, one one other point that I I do want to make, though, is, uh, of course, now we have have the media— (laughs) <laughs> um, who, by the way, I would encourage people who now are reading all of these have a uh, clip on lionizing views of the statesman John McCain. And of course, how dare, how dare that ogre Donald Trump desecrate this? Well, guess what? Um, we've just said that Donald Trump is a small man for the way he's behaved. Sure. I will not listen to the New York Times and the Washington Post because go back and read what those people were saying about John McCain mm-hmm. when he was of no longer any political utility to them and running for president as a Republican. And then John McCain was also a vile and wicked man who hated puppies and children. Mm-hmm. And remember how the New York Times was digging into the most salacious crap about was he having another affair? These people are shameless. They don't think John McCain is a good man. The only reason they liked, quote-unquote, liked John McCain is when they could use him to bash their political enemies. So I have no tolerance for any of these media organs on the left now criticizing Donald Trump's heinous (laughs) behavior. How could he do this? Donald Trump is basically saying exactly the same thing that you said mm-hmm. about John McCain when he ran for president. Oh, and by the way, the same thing that you said about Mitt Romney and yep. the same thing you said about Ronald Reagan and W and his dad. It's all the same. And now we have this revisionist history because mm-hmm. he's dead and we don't care anymore. Suddenly we can memorialize him in these glowing terms. I'm, Just go away. I'm glad you brought that up because I thought about that. All these people who hated him in his life 
suddenly think he was a great American after he passes. I'm going to play a little clip of this because this is an example. What I was going to just ask you, I know that there's a lot of conversation about how Obama said he would uh, take public financing and then he changed his mind and mm-hmm. he isn't. And they're all throwing this at him. So he has raised millions, and millions, million, almost. 800 million dollars, which no, is why, which is what he needs to beat the Republican, you know, mm-hmm. attack machine. Mm-hmm. Wait, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. He does. He does. And, and also, you know, the fact that he's African-American, he has a lot of obstacles to overcome. He needs that money. So, so John McCain is money. now ticked off, and the, his campaign is ticked off that he said he would take the public financing, and he didn't. It's about principle. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Uh, so if McCain got the $700 million, would he give it back? I, you know what? I think John McCain is a man of his word and a man of honor. Oh. Uh, this is, there's a pattern. Listen, there is a man. This is a man of honor. They agreed upon this, okay? They looked at one another and said they would do this. Senator, Senator Obama has also, like I said before, he ran for Senate, promised people to lower taxes, did everything but that when yes, he was, when he was right. in. He promised. So, I mean, he, he, spend, McCain, he must have spent three trillion dollars. A man of honor dollars. doesn't say I agree 90% of the time with George Bush, and now I don't agree with him. That is not a man of honor. I can't listen anymore. That was Joy Behar. Yeah, and, and, and look, you know, who, who cares mostly. about Joy Behar? The point is that th- she she is not an isolated case. No, here. she isn't. I, my point was getting it out there to say th- in 2008 when he was running for president, that's what she said about him. He's not a man of honor. He doesn't deserve this. Obama has to win. And then he dies, and then they go, oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. BS, I call BS on, on the whole media and say, Shut up. Just shut up because I don't well, want to Well, and it's it. not so much that, oh, they, they, they can't be sad. But the point is, is that they have no moral standing to criticize Donald Trump. No. They are, they are complicit with him. They detested John McCain and savaged him mm-hmm. when he was their perceived political enemy running against Barack Obama. Well, mm-hmm. then I don't want to hear anything about how you are so aghast at Donald Trump's behavior. But you—that's th- you. But I don't think that's you. I don't think they're sad. I think they're fake sad. Of course, they're they trying are. to get empathy and sympathy for themselves in his. Well, not even for themselves. What they want to do is use it as a cudgel, yet another uh, way true. to attack Donald true. Trump. And again, I'm more than happy. It is a legitimate criticism of Donald Trump that he is a, in many ways, a small enough man mm-hmm. to allow his political disputes with John McCain to overshadow the fact that we can't even he can't even bring himself to properly honor his service to this country. But these people are not the ones that have any standing to make that critique. Agreed. Agreed. Are you upset that Trump didn't go to the funeral? Um. Well, first of all, I'm not even sure he was invited. I don't think well, he, he might was... not. Have, he might not have been. But every living president other than him. Yeah. Was. But, so I don't know. I, I guess I can't answer that because I'm not sure how that played out, because my understanding is that it was made very clear. Donald Trump was not welcome at the okay. funeral. So I, I don't know whether you can tar him by saying every I mean, if the family had made it clear True. and there's other people, there's just an article today. Sarah Palin, interestingly, uh, is not wanted at the funeral. Now, Sarah Palin, to my knowledge, has never said a single public negative word about John McCain. Mm -hmm. And yet there have been all sorts of people saying all kinds of malicious and hateful things about Sarah Palin and how, and so again, this gets back to sort of John McCain's, um, darker side Mm -hmm. that he's still holding these sort of, he and his family, these sort of political grudges. Why would you bear, why would you bar Sarah Palin from the funeral? I've read some things where he felt like he was pushed into 
choosing her as his running mate and didn't want to choose her. So then why don't you bar Steve Schmidt from your funeral? Well, I mean, what? (laughs) Again, Sarah Palin, whatever you think of Sarah Palin. He wanted Joe Lieberman, and Joe Lieberman wasn't going to move the needle, so he picked Sarah Palin. But again, this is sort of this personal. We don't want you around. What, what did Sarah Palin ever do to John McCain? To the best my She's never said a single I'm not aware of word about him other than I, I was honored to be his running mate. He's a great American, a hero. And so, again, that, that, that sort of pettiness you see on both sides of this. Right. Well, I, I don't know what the rationale was for including her. I can see why Trump may not have been invited. But it's awkward for a sitting president not to attend a funeral of a uh, statesman like McCain and who had run for president himself. It just it seems a little odd, but it is what it is. Um, so he'll be missed. Uh, again, I won't miss all of his politics, but he he himself will be missed. And he, I I do believe he was a hero for what he went through. Um, leave it at that. So let's move on. Uh, words have meaning. That was the title of this section. Words they have do? meaning. Well, they Not do anymore. some places. Some places. So yesterday... The law in Missouri changed. It is now illegal to use the word meat to describe anything that is not actually from an animal. Meat actually has to mean meat. So what's an example of this? Tofurkey is not meat. They cannot claim it is a meat substitute. It cannot have meat associated with it because it it is not meat. Is there anyone that's not in a coma that thought Tofurkey was meat? Well, Or that could be found in the wild? (laughs) Yes, tofu is the first part of that. No, it, the the belief was that some of the lab-grown meat that's starting to come out, where it comes from animal cells, but it's not an animal. It's for the PETA people. Uh, they wanted to separate that out so that wow. it was very clear. This sounds like a very important initiative. <laughs> Words mean what they mean, right? So I prefer meat. Do you prefer meat over not meat? You mean in general? In general. Um, yes. You have a preference for Carn- Let's Carnivore over non-carnivore, yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but the it's come to the attention of these Tofurky people and these other people that they, they're, they think it's a bad thing for they've been, people. They've been duping. They've been duping hundreds of people every week who yes. otherwise would be spitting up their Tofurky medallions if they found out it actually wasn't meat. The, this is the, what the statute says. Prevents the sharing of truthful information and impedes competition. The marketing and packaging of plant-based products reveals that plant-based food producers do not mislead consumers by, but instead distinguish their products from conventional meat products. Now, here's the here's the interesting, but here's the interesting question: <laughs> Why would they want them to think it's meat? Because meat is evil. Not Missouri, maybe other places, but in Missouri, but, it's not. Okay, but in Missouri, are there six people that buy tofurkey? Apparently, well, they. This one guy says, "Are well, they all transplanted from Berkeley?" <laughs> I don't. Know. There's nobody in Missouri that eats that. I wouldn't think there's a lot of people eating tofurkey or any th- meat substitute, but apparently there's enough to get the lobby. So, to so, go let, to so the scenario past. is that the the Missouri farmer, right, goes down to the local supermarket and he can't decide what he's going to buy. He's either going to get, I don't know, a bunch of New York strips, or he catches the. The end cap, and they're having a sale, an incredible sale on uh, Tofurky loin. Yes. And then he reads <laughs> that, loin. wait a minute, 
wait a minute, Ida. This this says this is meat, and it's actually cheaper than the T-bones I was going to buy. Let's get this instead, yes. cook it up with some baked potatoes and corn, <laughs> and then when he finds out, dies of a stroke. Probably. This, this is, this is probably. a pernicious societal problem. I, 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 I'm fine if you don't call something meat that isn't meat, and I do believe that meat should be separate from non-meat, but I, don't, I agree with you. How confused could you possibly be to confuse tofurkey with a ribeye? Maybe I'm missing something here. And as I tell my wife all the time, she goes, this veggie burger tastes just like a real hamburger. I said, nope. It tastes like what they think a hamburger tastes like. A real hamburger tastes like a real hamburger. So so your wife has tasted a real hamburger? She has. And she believes that a veggie burger tastes just like a real (laughs) hamburger? She says, it's almost the same. I said, not even remotely. Not even remotely. And, and And again... I love your wife, but uh, are, is there, are there are there problems with her taste buds? Obviously, there have to be because there's no possible way you can confuse <laughs> the two. And, I, and she says, "Well, it's almost close, but it's not as much calories." And I was like, "Calories yep. is the wrong word, <laughs> but it's not as good a taste. Not as thing. much deliciousness. Yeah, exactly. Not as much edibleness. <laughs> yes. Not as much fit for human consumptionness." She made me eat one. I ate one. I said, "That's good. I'll go. I'll prefer the hamburger, though. I'm good." You said that's good? No. I said, I've eaten one. That's good. I've yeah, tried I, it. I would not have made I'm it past, <laughs> past a nibble. Well, she also tried to introduce mayonnaise as instead of cream cheese into something. I caught oh, that pretty quickly. That, that would be. I said, no, no, no. What is wrong with this? This tastes weird and it smells weird. She's uh, like, yes. I didn't have any Ma- cream Mayonnaise cheese. Like, is the, the yeah. fount of all evil. Yeah. Again, words mean something. So this is a little story about Connor Daly. Those of you who don't follow NASCAR probably have never heard of Connor Daly. He hasn't won anything as far as I'm concerned or know about this point. Lily Diabetes, which is part of Eli Lilly, based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, removed their sponsorship from Mr. Connor Daly last weekend for his upcoming race because the N-word was spoken. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah, the N-word was spoken by his father, Derek Daly, a retired Indy 500 and Formula One driver in the 1980s before Connor Daly was born. But, no, that's but, no excuse. But Lily Diabetics, Diabetes sorry, uh, claimed that was too racist and they could not continue to sponsor him because of their that makes perfect sense. virtue signaling. That makes perfect sense. So it's okay for something his father said before he was born to impact yeah. his career today. I mean, today. actually, uh, you, you should start scouring Ancestry.com because I am sure there are many, <laughs> many offensive things that your ancestors have said. Yes. And I believe that your employer should be alerted to those things because, you know, it's just not to- – you can't tolerate that. There can't any be possible way for me to spin that where Eli Lilly looks good. That, that's insane. It is insane. It's insane. There, there's, we've, there is a – that is – and by the way, that is the – words have meaning. That is the correct word. <laughs> <laughs> there is a large segment of our culture that has gone completely insane. Mm-hmm. That there's no other way to describe that. It no. is a there is some form of clinical mental illness. Uh, as as Bill Cosby, I know you're not allowed to mention Bill Cosby anymore. Would say <laughs> they have the brain damage, yes. right? The kids have the brain damage. Well, <laughs> now there's a whole bunch of people that have the same brain damage. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So in. In a follow-up to last week when we were talking about millennials, and, and again, I think there probably are some good millennials out there, and I know a couple that I feel are pretty solid citizens. This woman is not one of them. This bride canceled her wedding four days before the wedding was to occur. 
She said she and her ex-fiance now had broken up and been fighting for weeks. You don't want to know why? Because you're going to love this. This is awesome. They met at age 14, got engaged at 18. Does it have something to do with Trump? It does not. Oh, wow. That's, that's a relief. Yes. Met, engaged at 18. Somehow this 18-year-old kid came up with a $5,000 wedding or an engagement ring. They had a kid at 20. Does it have to do with not recycling? Does not. It gets, it's, this is bad. They decided they wanted to have the dream of their life, the wedding of their lifetime, their, the, the, this fairy tale wedding. They had saved $15,000 for the wedding and realized it would take $60,000 to actually have the wedding. <laughs> wow. This was, uh, this was going to be quite the, quite uh, quite the, wedding. the shindig. I don't know if you've ever planned a wedding, folks, but $60,000 is a really expensive wedding for most normal people. That's a really expensive wedding. And that was trip to Aruba included. Okay. So, so wedding and honeymoon. Wedding and honeymoon. I get it. So they thought it was perfectly all right to invite all their guests to contribute $1,500 towards their wedding. And they asked their bridesmaid, the bridesmaid to give them $5,000, <laughs> and the, the, the husband's family to give them $3,000. And they were shocked and appalled when eight people returned checks and nobody else responded. And they said, you can't come if you don't contribute. Wait, actually, eight people? Eight people actually did it. Wow. The bridesmaid said she would do it. The maid of honor said she would give $5,000, and the family said they'd give $3,000. They put a GoFundMe page up and only got $250. Again, suckers, stupidity. After that, the bridesmaid backed out, or the maid of honor backed out, the family backed out, and they ended up canceling the wedding because they couldn't get enough money to have the wedding of their dreams. So this lady went on for four pages on her Facebook page. She said, I'm, no, again, they have a kid together. These two parent people have a kid that, together. That doesn't bode well. She's going backpacking through South America for two months just to reconnect with herself. And she's canceling all of her social media so that the, the haters can't track her down. Ma'am, you are the hater. I don't understand why you think it was okay to ask people to give you fifteen hundred dollars. You know what? Nothing, to go to your wedding. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Right? And actually, their their strategy was very foolish because if they had just set up a GoFundMe page that said we need money to help impeach Trump, they would have probably gotten about five hundred thousand dollars. So oh, easily, you know, they just very foolish. Uh, they just needed to package it differently. Yeah, she's she's the last of a dying breed. As one of the comments said. Can you can you fathom that? Uh, I can actually. Yes, in this day and age, that does not surprise me one iota. It surprised me. I couldn't believe somebody was that that blatant. Again, I still can't stupid. get past the fact that eight people gave them checks. That's, a, that's the surprising part. Of, that's the astonishing each. part of the story. There's enough. Maybe they felt guilty, but she's like, "Is a thousand dollars? Is fifteen hundred dollars too much to ask?" I know other people have asked for more. I'm like. The day I right, give you like, fifteen hundred dollars. Who, by the way, who has asked for more? I don't Prince know. Harry. Apparently, somebody on Facebook that she saw and modeled after. I've never. I don't think I've given fifteen hundred dollars total in the, all the weddings I've gone to. And if that means you don't invite me to a wedding, that's and okay Chad with me. Chad has gone to two hundred and thirty-seven oh, weddings. I His haven't. average is like twelve dollars <laughs> per wedding. Not two hundred thirty-seven weddings. That would be awful. That would be an awful life for me. North Carolina boy punished for calling teacher ma'am. Oh, I saw that. That was another one. That was a good one. This 10-year-old boy in North Carolina was punished last week for referring to his female teacher as ma'am. And the teacher made him write on a piece of paper, I think it was 500 times, ma'am. She and, was and offended. What was the, what was the preferred, what was the preferred uh, descriptor? I don't know that she ever said. Ambulatory, non-gender identified biped. He was taught, his parents said he was taught to call men sir and women ma'am. 
Well, that's, and this teacher yeah. was offended because no, that is that is very heteronormative. She was a female. It doesn't say what pronoun she was supposed to be called. Maybe she's an uh, expansive ornate building. I don't know, and that would be offensive if you were. We only got the man, the mother's side and the child's side of it. We did not get the uh, the fifth grader. They did right. this to a fifth grader. And I just saw this tonight before we went on. There is an app to now determine if your friends have voted recently. They want to get the vote out for the upcoming November elections. Now, I will read. This is Emily Price on Lifehacker, part of uh, Gawker Media. Uh-huh. Uh, she starts the paragraph, if last year's presidential election taught us anything. Ma'am, it's 2018. That's the election right. was 2016. It's close but, enough. But I'm sure editing it's, is it's least within, It's within the margin of error. Now, the interesting part, I found anyway, was the fact that this only works if you're a registered Democrat. <laughs> The well, app, of course. The app does not work if you are not a registered Democrat. Wait a minute. Just back up. How does this app work? How do you deter? I don't even understand. So if you go to the, you download this app for iOS or Android, it will put a sleeping emoji next to your friend's name if they're a registered Democrat, if they haven't voted in the most recent national election. How does election. it even know that? I guess the voting records are available. If people, Not what they voted on, who they voted well, for, but that they have voted or not because it's public. I don't know if the public records. And then what? Then you can pester them and say, "Get to the polls." You can text them, get there. Uh, The founders told NPR that the reasoning they only Democrats. Now, do you do you have a problem with this? Because I actually don't. I want to read this quote. The founders told the NPR that the reasoning was to create a brand that people are excited about and a community that wants to make a difference this September. Again, elections in November. Right. Something they felt would be hard to do, serving both sides of the aisle. They think only Democrats would be excited to vote in November, not Republicans. And obviously, well, they but just here's want the thing: the Democrats they don't to vote. want Republicans to exactly. vote. That's the point. That's what they should have said. We really don't want the, Dem- the Republicans to vote, so we're not going to encourage them to come out. We want to encourage all the Democrats. I mean, look, to come out. I don't. But they didn't say that. I don't have a problem with this. I mean, you want to? Everyone has the right, whether you're an app developer or a person. If you you want your friends, you want to be politically active. You want to goad them out to the polls. Sure. You want to hand out cigarettes. You want to drive around. <laughs> You know, the uh, the Democrat the van, yeah. you know, roust the roust the people that are never voting. Great. Go ahead and do it. I mean, this doesn't that doesn't surprise me. It at doesn't all. surprise me. But the fact that, well, the, the editing on this article is horrible. I, I'm kind of annoyed that they weren't just honest and said, we don't want Republicans to vote. Don't say it. Do, otherwise. They, do they really even need to say that at this point? Well, there's probably somebody out there who believes they just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll get it. They'll get it ready well, for the next time. Well, they'll le- they'll learn soon enough. Yes, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. They will. They will. Now you had something you wanted to. Oh well, um, th- this gets back to uh, you know we call it uh, exhibit one million nine hundred and forty seven thousand <laughs> of why people detest the media. And th- the reason I thought of this is because I was reading some article where Chuck Todd mm. of Meet the Press was scoffing at the uh, the fiction that the media is biased. How could anyone think that? Chuck was just scornful of the entire notion because all of them are very neutral, nonpartisan professionals, Woodward and Bernstein, as if they were neutral, right? <laughs> they're just seekers of truth. And, and then along came... But wait a minute. He said they're not, they're not biased. They're all leftists. Well, that's Every true. Every single one of them. So but, what's the bias? Right. And, of course, the other thing is when Chuck says things like this, what you want to say back to him is, Chuck, how, how, is that really how stupid you think people are? Because, Apparently. you know, you, you, it's the emperor has, has – yeah, we, we can see you have no clothes. <laughs> we understand this, Chuck. But so I wanted to just – and so I was – I read an article today about something. This is just – you can find 
dozens of examples. This, this is literally, it's I can pick 20 different things. So <laughs> the, the GOP candidate now in Florida for governor is a guy named Ron DeSantis, I believe. And he is running against an African-American named Andrew Gillum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Mr. DeSantis uh, made a major faux pas because, uh, again, he's white or at least some hu- some version of white. I don't even know what his – but or maybe he's a uh, – like George Zimmerman. He's yes. a uh, white Hispanic perhaps. DeSantis is either Italian or Hispanic. I want to yeah. read very quickly what the remarks that Mr. DeSantis made about his African-American Democrat opponent. It's two paragraphs. Okay. Florida elections are always competitive, and this is a guy who, although he's much too liberal for Florida, I think he's got huge problems with how he's governed Tallahassee. He is an articulate spokesman for those far-left views, and he's a charismatic candidate. That's the end of the first paragraph. Second paragraph. Again, this is Mr. DeSantis speaking. I watched those Democrat debates, and none of that is my cup of tea, but he performed better than those other people there. So we've got to work hard to make sure that we continue Florida going in a good direction. Let's build off the success we've had on Governor Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. That's not going to work. End quote. Now, Chad, can you identify the heinous portion of that comment that the media is now incessantly trumpeting? Well, it's obvious that the white candidate called the black candidate a monkey. That's what I heard. It is exact. That's what Chuck Todd heard. That's exactly what. That's I heard. what MSNBC <laughs> heard because that's exactly what he said, isn't it? Yeah. He said, "My opponent is a monkey." Yes. That's what that said. That's what right? I heard. He didn't say um, very common. By the way, monkeying around. That's an incredibly common phrase. Mm-hmm. He said, "We don't want to turn Florida into a left wing utopia by monkeying with our economy." But of course, the lying, shameless hacks mm-hmm. in our media decided, "Well, we're going to use this and claim he's a racist because everyone's a racist." So when Chuck Todd and people like him wonder. And wring their hands about why the media is distrusted. And it's because Donald Trump has has created this meme about fake news. No, Chuck, <laughs> you guys are solely to blame. You have completely flipped the cause and effect here, Chuck. The reason that Donald Trump is president is because all the people in flyover country that you have contempt for and have, have realized very long ago. That you guys are not honest brokers, that you are water carriers and ring kissers and slavering supplicants to people like Barack Obama and the Democratic Party. And you pretending that you're not at this point is just cartoonish. (laughs) You might as well stop. And this this article and the media attempt to portray this comment as racist and to promote this now on a 24-7 cycle, GOP governor candidate calls opponent a monkey. <laughs> That's a lie. And it's yes. not a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's an intentional lie. You're not journalists, Chuck. You're a partisan hacks. Everyone understands this. And this is why your ratings among the general public are subterranean. Yes. And I could find an example like this 
every hour mm-hmm. of this going on. Mm-hmm. So that's just, just one, the, the latest, just an exemplar of why the media is deservedly held in contempt by anyone who pays attention to what they do on a daily basis. Well, I, th- I think it's shocking that uh, Chuck Todd and his ilk think that this is okay. I mean, you're right. They're not Woodward and Bernstein. and They weren't conservatives to begin with. They were leftists. I- I'm shocked that anybody doesn't – well, I'm not shocked – I think the fact that these people put the headline out and they may even read the quote and they'll tell you what the quote means because you couldn't figure it out yourself because you're too stupid. What's the somebody calls uh, MSNBC they call MS hee haw <laughs> because it's a, it's a joke, you know, Al Sharpton and everything. I think the fact that this is out there, it, it does disturb me because okay. I think there's people who fall for it. I think it, there's it too many really, people It's not really that it disturbs it. me. I just think it is um, edifying. Sure. To, to maybe we'll do this like every week is Easy. just say just pick one out of a hat and Random it doesn't matter headline. you can pick the AP you can pick any of the major news networks mm-hmm. you pick the New York Times all day long is these people the mask is not just slipped the mask is off and it has been off for a long time but doesn't it doesn't it concern you now again I, I, as I'm saying this I'm thinking okay I don't think this really exists that there are actual people out there who are who are undecided going into elections. I don't believe those people exist because I don't think they vote. They might exist, but I don't think they vote. So if they don't vote, they don't matter to the electoral process. So is this playing to the base? Is this trying to influence people? I, I think what happens is if you've got somebody who the week before the election says, oh, i got to check out what's going on on the news so I know who to vote for, and they hear this, this is the last thing they hear, they go in and they vote against the GOP because of this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even making the argument about who it influences, or, but the reality is that we have never, I mean, the media, look, as far back as, uh, you know, the beginning of time, the media has <laughs> tilted left. The, sure. These people generally come from that sort of background. They have those kind of worldviews, but uh, we have never been to the level of just, just pure propaganda corruption meaning you know they, they corrupting the process that we are now and it's not a surprise i mean we've talked about this before the new york times basically declared um you know what we're jettisoning <laughs> we're publicly jettisoning any pretense we ever had to any. neutrality because it's too important for us to defeat hitler mm-hmm. and so we're just declaring our allegiance which you already knew but we're just making it a public announcement um, but that was going on during the entirety of the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. I just think the fascinating thing is that they still have people who are trying to convince everyone, no, 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 we're not. You've got it all wrong. And, and this is Donald Trump's fault because he's unfairly slandered us with his mean tweets. <laughs> well, that, what, what do you think about what Donald Trump said yesterday about Google? That, That's absolutely true. But, but he, everybody in, in the media is like, oh, I can't believe he said right. that. Oh, my goodness. Right. Now. I, Chad, do you, is there any question that Google and Facebook and Apple and Twitter? I mean, the the CEO of Twitter, what's his name? Chuck Dorsey. Chuck Dorsey. Or not, not Chuck. Um, I forget what his name is. Anyway, Jack Dorsey. Uh, he right. has made it readily apparent mm-hmm. in public statements that he basically wishes Republicans were dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was a tweet up the other. I just saw there was a thread about this. Um, Somebody, Dana, Dana Loesch, who is the current spokesperson for the NRA and is, is one of the more hated people uh, among the left. Just put NRA um, next to him, yeah. Somebody tweeted out to her that, you know, basically your, your children need to be murdered uh, for you to understand about, you know, the need for gun control. Now, you know, 
Twitter has been coming down right and left on anyone who any conservative who says any your your, your account is closed. Didn't think this was a problem at all. No. Thre- threat, publicly threatening to murder, either asking for or threatening to murder the children of Dana Loesch. Now, do, do I actually think they would do it? No, but here's the no. reality. You supposedly have rules of decorum and civil debate, and we will not tolerate hate, blah, blah. No, you don't. You, you hate conservatives. Well, so, and by the way, that's okay. It's your company. Sure. Again, this this pretend, this insulting our intelligence. No, no, no. We're, no. We're neutral. We have an algorithm. The algorithm just happens happens to pick everyone who's a prominent conservative and silence them. Well, don't blame us. It's science. Yes, it's science because we hide behind the algorithm. It must be okay. Don't forget, Madonna came out and said right after Trump was inaugurated, I'd like to blow up the White House. And that was okay, apparently. That she didn't go into jail, she didn't get arrested, they investigated her, but nothing ever happened. She threatened to blow up the White House. Now, could she have done it? Probably not. But it's an open threat that if I had said no, I'd be in jail. Again, just flip this uh, flip the script. This is the inauguration of Barack Obama and Kid Rock stands up at a protest. Pick your pick your what, seven conservative celebrities yeah. and says I think we should blow up the White House. Are you kidding? Yes. He'd they were in jail in five seconds. He would not only been in jail, <laughs> they would have run again. they would have run, you know, above the fold headlines for a year. Yes. About the the looming threat of the alt right yep. militias. Now, They're I, coming for the president. I don't think Madonna I think she was being a boisterous trying to get, get the, the crowd in a frenzy. But I don't think she was gonna try to blow up the White House. I just think she she wouldn't be sad if it had blown up with Donald Trump in it. I think that was what the sentiment was. And this is also, by the way, this is not about, oh, whoa, are the conservatives, they're persecuted. No, no, no. no. What this is, all I'm, um, all I'm pointing out is that any time that you hear anyone in the media trying to play, blame Donald Trump for <laughs> the, uh, the abyssal, you know, they're in the abyss. The, the media's reputation cannot even be detected uh, they are so low, and this has nothing to do with Donald Trump. This is everything to do with the media's mendacity and dishonesty and reckless irresponsibility and their decision that they are no longer reporting news. They're part of team progress, and they are going to propagandize on behalf of their chosen party and their chosen worldview. And when you do that in this fashion over and over and over millions of times, guess what? Even the mouth breathers that you disdain <laughs> who live in all those red states, they eventually start to notice. They, so the reason that yeah. you guys lost the last election was, number one, because you nominated Cruella. And number two, because Donald Trump, for all of his boorishness and his faults and his know-nothingisms and his crudity and his philandering and go down the list, he understood that the people hate the media more than they hate him. And if he makes the media his enemy... That's why he tweets. People love he it. wins every time. And you know what? Deservedly so. Yes. Uh, so I didn't bring this up last week because I was hoping to get more information. But uh, Facebook has an internal ranking system. So it's designed, according to them, to ferret out fake news. Now, here's the rub. If somebody in the community on Facebook says, I think what Tony wrote is fake news, that lowers your ranking you get further down the list, and eventually nothing you post gets posted because they think you're all fake news. 
So it's what could go wrong with that system? I can't imagine if enough people say I don't like that person or that person. But basically, what we talked about when they were banning uh, people from Facebook, this is all it takes. They said it's only internal, so it's not external where people can see it. Oh, but effectively, it does the it, same thing. I think that actually makes it worse, doesn't yes, it? There's no sunlight to yes, disinfect. no accountability whatsoever. So, I'm sure though that there will be even-handed disliking. I am sure there will not be because that is not how this works. So if if you're wondering why your posts never seem to come up to the top of anything, that's why. And I'm sure Twitter's using something similar as well. So just when you think they're out there to help you, understand they are not. They are not there to be your friend. They are not there to help you. They're trying to make money, and they want to push their agenda. I mean, we, you know, we're not going to talk about this again, but I, I really think that this is coming to a head in either there's going to be regulation, and you and I have talked about yeah. that there's a lot of um, sort of troubling potential ramifications about that or somebody like uh, a Koch brother, there's going to have to basically be a separate platform for people who are, who are political conservatives that are not part of a part of the left wing because where this is heading and it's already going there is you're simply going to be driving off half of the country. They, they, they simply will silence you and squelch you to the point mm-hmm. where you, you will not be able to operate. You won't be able to, your post won't be seen. You can't conduct business. There was just a story last week that Visa and MasterCard cut off uh, the ability of David Horowitz's Freedom Center. Now, David Horowitz is an incredibly prominent public intellectual. Yes. This is not a, this is not Alex not Jones. In fact, he's formerly a man of the left. Mm-hmm. He was part of the Black Panthers uh, and he is hated for that because he's he's transitioned to being a conservative. And he was told because the Southern Poverty Law Center, yep. we've talked about them before. Great the, organization. Yes, yep. the military wing of the Democratic Party who labels anyone a hate group that disagrees with left wing, you know, the, the left wing hymnal. Um, Makes sense to me. But you yeah. have two, the, basically the two major banking companies in the world then deciding, sorry, your transactions, we will no longer process them. This is where we're heading. Mm-hmm. Now, they recanted eventually because there was enough of a public outcry, but they're going to keep doing this. They're going to do this places. over and over and over. So we're going we're gonna to reach critical mass on this, I think, sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. where something's going to have to be done. Well, here's my challenge to any of the left or the progressives. If you actually believe what you say, that you are open-minded, then you should have absolutely no problem with opposing voices. So either stand up and say what you mean or shut up and stop telling me how open-minded you are because you are not open-minded when you cut down free speech that disagrees with you. That's my challenge. I don't I know it won't fa- it won't change Facebook. Guess what? My but, failed. Yes. They have failed. I'm predicting in fact I don't need to predict. The challenge has just been failed. It is. Uh, they don't they don't really again Let's make a distinction if we're, we're going to talk in political categories. Okay. Um, we've, we make this point repeatedly, but it needs to be made. Uh, leftists are not liberals. Uh, liberals really don't exist very much anymore. They, they can be found hiding in caves and in certain, uh, <laughs> on other certain continents and perhaps uh, in small enclaves in various counties. But basically, um, most of the Democratic Party is now a leftist party. Mm-hmm. And leftists, by definition, do not believe in free speech. In they fact, claim they do. They not claim really. they do. Not really. Um, I mean, perhaps for public consumption, but if you if you read anything that they say, because theirs is essentially a, a Marxian worldview, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
no, no. There, there is no need for free. Free speech is bad. <laughs> no, because free speech allows bad speech and it yeah. allows crime think. And all of the enlightened people, why would you want that? Okay. Why would you want to have bad True. people who think bad thoughts allowed to speak? So we've, of course, arrogated unto ourselves the ability to decide who they are. And magically, it's none of the people that agree with us. It's all the people that don't. So leftism, again, by definition, doctrinally, does not believe at all in free speech. Free speech is a bug, not a feature that needs to be <laughs> squelched. And that's what Fair that enough. is what is going Fair on. Fair enough. Uh, basket of deplorables has spoken. So uh, I want to ask you this because I, I don't know if I believe this. The blue wave, is it coming? Is it a purple wave? Is it a red wave? Um, is it a wave at I all? Don't, uh, well, I mean, again, uh, you know, who knows? Because who knows who can trust the polls? I think, look, simply given historical trends mm-hmm. in off presidential election years, yep. I think there's a, a better than 50 percent chance that the Democrats are going to retake the House. Now, uh, I think the Republicans are going to, at a minimum, gain three to four seats in the Senate um, and they may gain more. Uh, it'll be I, so. I don't think there's going to be a wave. I think what you're going to have is you're going to have maybe even by a small margin a Democrat-controlled House, okay. um, and a a Republican-controlled Senate with an expanded margin from anywhere from three to five seats. And okay. and we've said that's going to lead to impeachment, hysteria, and whatever mm-hmm. else. It's um, never, never getting sixty-seven votes. It doesn't even matter. No, uh, but I do is. I think that there's going to be some? Now here's here's the thing: if the Democrats don't retake the House. Mm-hmm. It's you want to talk about a crushing. Uh, in other words, all of the odds have been on. You know, it's blue wave. Most prognosticators who follow this stuff think, again, it's not just about anti-Trump resistance. This is the cyclical pattern of most yeah. American elections. Mid-year okay, this mid-year this happens over and over. Mm-hmm. So again, no it, who it is. just think about this in this environment. With the 24-7 drumbeat of Hitler and impeachment and treason and hates John McCain, whatever else. And this environment has gone on incessantly for mm-hmm. two years. And with all of this excitement about, you know, the, the resistance is geared up, right? We've been assured the, the ground game. And there are, there are actual, you know, special elections that seem to indicate that they are energized. Mm-hmm. If they can't manage to retake the House in this environment... I mean, you want to talk about oh, yeah. the internal meeting among the <laughs> the elites, the leaders, it will be suicidal, it, right? I mean, yes. really, yes. if right. they don't right. take the House on these midterms, then when can they ever win another election? Really? I, I feel like in my lifetime, this is the most, most political activity around midterms yeah. than I can remember. I'm not saying it was never any, but this seems like a go for broke type of midterm for the Democrats. And you're right. If they don't take it this time, what do you do? And I think they're still living under the myth. Trump is hovering, depending on what poll you read, but uh, something like 43, 44%. He's not up for election. No, no. But but I mean, that they usually track that going into midterms because they it correlates. And, you know, usually, you know, presidential approval, if it's here you know, you tend to have this result. Of course, it's an inexact science. But the point is, is that you really, I mean, and of course, counterweighted against that is the fact that when you're outside of the Stormy Daniels and Cohen and Mueller bubble, um, the economy is roaring along, the stock market, all, all these, all these, you know, supposedly fundamental indicators. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. I, if I had to wager, 
I would put down a very, very limited amount of money that Democrats retake the House. I don't think there's going to be anything close to a wave. Okay. I think the Democrats are still in, living under the myth that one of the reasons Hillary lost was because of Democratic lack of turnout. Yeah. And I think they think if we get more turnout, we're going to get what we want. I don't believe that's why Hillary lost. I don't think anybody I, I don't with really the brain think so thinks that's why she lost. They lost because she was a horrible candidate. And you put her up against somebody who spoke his mind. Well, and again, and I think that is, I think you're correct about that, because if you look at the, again, the, the blue wall that crumbled, <laughs> in those states, you had millions of, Ob- of two-time Obama voters in mm-hmm. multiple states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, mm-hmm. who just changed their vote to Donald Trump. So it wasn't about, well, we just didn't have the turnout. Now, I think in the black community, clearly she didn't drive the African-American community to the polls, but that wasn't the problem. She hemorrhaged people who had previously voted for Barack Obama twice. Mm -hmm. That's because she was almost incomparably (laughs) unlikable. Yes. Um, She got a lot more votes than I thought she would get for how unlikable she was. Yeah. So I think you're right about that analysis. I don't think it really is. But I think think all pairs for the Republicans as well. You can't look at 2016 and say our message got to people. People really want... Republicans, because I think they disliked Hillary. I, I, f- I personally feel like there was a lot more votes against Hillary than there were for Donald. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to And kinda, I think that's hard to those say. Things you're sort of get bleed, them. Those things sort of bleed into each they other. They do. They it's do. hard to untangle. And here's the other we'll have to see. Uh, careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. So the Democrats retake the House. Of course, the stampede to impeach, having publicly caned, hung an effigy. Um, who do we think that's going to. Whose benefit that's going to re- redound to? I would think that going into 2020, because here's the thing. If there is a lack of ground game for the Republicans this time, what's guaranteed? You want to guarantee <laughs> you're going to get out all of the deplorables? Yeah. Good luck. Go ahead and try to impeach Trump yes. based on whatever insane theory. Oh, it's a campaign finance violation. Nothing in the history of the Republic has yeah. equaled this perfidy. Yeah. Um, so... You're going to get your wish, perhaps, and you're going to try to impeach him. He'll never be removed. And meanwhile, you're going to spend the next two years galvanizing people that might otherwise not have been paying attention because they have tuned out yep. all of the Washington circus. As they but should. believe me, they'll start paying attention when the triumphalist impeachment hearings begin, <laughs> right? Yes. So, again, let, let's see how this plays out. I think the... The Democratic Party and the progressives have once again misunderstood the fundamentals of what the electorate reacts to. Well, they're short-sighted. They don't look long-term. Well, they, but they're, they're so controlled by their emotions and their palpable hatred mm-hmm. that they can't even think tactically about, huh. Now, there are, because you do read articles occasionally where you'll hear even from people like Pelosi, we're not really that interested in impeachment. And what that telegraphs is they don't want to campaign on that because right. they know it's a loser. Yeah, it'll, it'll hurt them in the election, so they'll wait until after they, but, the election. But guess what? Do out. they think it's not going to hurt them in the next election? Oh, it will. But they, they think two years is a long time to wait. Now, here's what I want to say. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not being George Will here, but if the Democrats retake the House and the Republicans maintain the Senate, I'm okay with that because yeah. that means gridlock. Because in the two years that they've had both houses— of Congress, they haven't gotten a whole lot accomplished. So, gridlock is better than nothing. I will crap, again to me. Um, and he, and all the judges go through the Senate, so I don't care all, about the all House. of the happy talk about how gridlock is bad. I know gridlock's a feature. Uh, gridlock is what the founders intended yeah. to prevent. So I'm okay uh, with that. Yeah, because so, they weren't they weren't getting anything accomplished anyway. So no. why? 
I mean, I'm not saying I, if the Republicans maintain, I'm fine with that. If they lose the House, okay, no, not a huge setback nationally. So let's get to where you make bad decisions and I tell you why they're bad and you keep telling me that, oh, it's going to be different this time. Yes. It's going to be different this time. What are we, uh, what are we so predicting? The NFL starts um, a week from tomorrow, okay? Opening game is Thursday night next week. You have this mistaken belief, I think you said on the last show, that Philip Rivers would be the MVP? Yeah, I mean, I have to stick with the Chargers. Does MVP stand for something other than most valuable player in your mind, or is that really what you think is truly going to happen? I think that there is, let's put it this way, um, again, because it's the Chargers, they may have seven people in the first game all simultaneously have blown ACLs. Who's he going to throw to? Actually, their receiving core is very good. Where's that tight end again? Well, Hunter Henry's out. That was huge. No, their receiving core is very good. So is Gates. He's gone. Well, Gates is... Gate, look, Gates that was is... His, that was his actually, snuggle bunny. He, no, no. Yeah, Ga- Gates has not been an effective tight end uh, for probably the last two years. Now, he you know, he hung around. They actually the record. May, they may bring him back. Well, their record was 9-7, and seven, and they lost their first four games because they didn't have a kicker. They did not look good. Um, <laughs> and they, I think we've talked about this, that they were an unimaginable 1-11 and 11 in their last 12 games decided by three points or less. I mean, they, they found a way to charger themselves out of the playoffs. However, um, I'm not the only one that is saying this. If you look at their team on paper... You're not going to use ESPN as a... Got no, it. I mean, you okay. look at anybody who actually evaluates uh, and evaluates sort of analytically football, mm-hmm. you know, football outsiders, a whole bunch. They have probably have the best secondary in the league. Okay. Uh, best and deepest secondary in the league. They have the best pass rushing tandem in the league in Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. And they're, you said, who are their receivers? Keenan Allen is a legit. Now, can he stay healthy? Mm. He was healthy all last year. Um, he's a he's, legit. He's due for some. Injuries. He's a legit number one receiver. Uh, he is great. He he is basically besides Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones. I would slot him in as, as essentially a, a four or five receiver in the league. He's that good. Mm-hmm. If you if when you had over fifteen hundred yards, hundred cat, he's great. Um, Mike Williams, okay, from Clemson, who was hurt all of his rookie season was. You know, people were saying he's a bust. If you've watched him in preseason, this guy is a stud. Did not Mike Williams play for the for USC and for the Lions and got cut? Yeah, it's a bad okay. it's a bad name. <laughs> it's a bad name to hold but on to. They've got a deep threat uh, in another Williams. They have a very good receiving core. And Philip Rivers, in my view, and I've said this, um, you know, I think he is along with perhaps Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. He's now thrown for over 4,000 yards in 10 consecutive seasons. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he has played behind perhaps the most uh, defective collection of offensive linemen over the last decade of almost any team in football. And they they measure this stuff. Mm -hmm. They actually now have a chance. They they have Mike Pouncey. Their line, Forrest Lamp, Forrest Lamp, who was by consensus the number one lineman in the draft mm-hmm. two years ago, who, of course, because he's a charger, blew his ACL like the first day. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, they're going to be good. Uh, they're going to be 12 and four. 12 and their four. Division, their division is down. The Broncos are a disaster zone oh, right yeah. now. Uh, the Chiefs are always pretty good, but they're, I actually think, and Mahomes probably has a, a bright future, but. Alex Smith was an underrated guy, and their defense is not as good as it usually is. They're going to win their division. Again, it's all going to come down to as long as they have a kicker that has two legs and can actually convert 80% of field goals, which is you could do that in the sleep in, the, in your sleep in the modern NFL. They're going to be 12-4. and four. 
They're going to win the AFC West. And on paper, okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You tell me on paper, given the talent that we've just gone through. I mean, their secondary is for Derwin James was the steal of the draft. Mm-hmm. Who is a better team? I understand we don't play games on paper. <laughs> but who is a better roster, talent-wise, other than the Patriots? I'll give you, because, of course, I know you're a Steelers fan. So, mm-hmm. Other than the Patriots, and we'll say the Steelers, although I'm not sure who's on the Steelers' defense, frankly, in the AFC and, and Jacksonville. Okay, Jacksonville actually. Sadly, yes. <laughs> who has a better roster than the Chargers right now? Top to bottom, I wouldn't give you Jacksonville because I think offensively their roster is not Their as defense strong. is awesome. Their defense but they is also awesome. have Blake Bortles at quarterback. That's what I mean. They yeah. have Leonard Fournette, who's a very good running back. And then they have Blake Bortles at quarterback again. But again, I mean, tell me. <laughs> If you're if you know nothing about the Chargers' history, and you're looking at here's depth of talent on the defensive and offensive side of the ball, who, who's who's above them in terms of star quality at very crucial positions? I would agree with what you're saying on paper, and I'm going to predict they won't win their division. Who's going to win the division? Chiefs. I mean, that's the only other. Well, I think possible. the Raiders. Oh, Gru- no. Gruden oh, makes a difference. Chucky I think. is going to make no difference whatsoever. Well, we'll see. Khalil Mack isn't even well, in the fold. Khalil yet. Mack makes a problem. That's um, problematic. No, certainly, the Raiders are going to be a sub five hundred team. Well, they, and they may be, and they're not going to get a lot of fan support because they're moving next year. So maybe that's part of the problem. All right. Years. So, um, who is coming out of the NFC? To Hold on, you're picking the Chargers coming out of the AFC? Chargers are coming out of the AFC, yeah. The Chargers are going to pull an Eagles this year. In other words, the Eagles last year, people people thought they were going to be decent. Nobody predicted the Eagles no. were going to turn into a dominant team and make a run to the Super Bowl. Well, we did, I thought when Wentz went down, they, there was no yeah, shot making even, the, even before Wentz went game. down, um, nobody was saying... Now, of course, Wentz also... That's the year that he established himself as a bona fide MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. But... The Chargers have had so many. Of course, may not play for a couple weeks anyway. So. The Chargers have had so many train wreck seasons. So mm-hmm. many another. Did they get a new coach this year? No, they still have Anthony Lynn. Exactly. Anthony Lynn. Well, I have to say this for him: he wasn't looking good. It's not even about their record. When they went zero and four, it was more his philosophy. Mm-hmm. He is a ground and pound kind of old style guy. And what he refused to recognize is last year's offensive line was the worst run blocking line in football. He insisted on attempting to nevertheless jam the ball down the throats. And so what wound up happening is that they ran every down on first down, got stuffed. We're facing second and nine. It was a disaster. And I give him credit by about game six. He realized, you know what? I think I've concluded that Philip Rivers is the best player on this team, and maybe we should let him throw the ball more. And once they did that, they, I think they won, what, nine out of their last 11 games? Yeah, shouldn't that come up in the interview? Hey, who's our best player? You should know that before you take the job. Yeah, well, but again, the players have bought in. I like the fact that he kind of has a little bit of a Mike Tomlin personality where... That's not um, a positive in my opinion. Um, I, there are some positives. <laughs> There's some negatives. But I think he's... He, and look, Gus Bradley is a very good defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I love, mm-hmm. you know, he plays probably the most straightforward defense in the NFL. But with the talent that he has now, their defense, and they have the talent in the right places. Mm-hmm. In the modern NFL, if you don't have cover corners and very good safeties, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You have to combine that. This is the Seattle blueprint. You combine yeah. a suffocating secondary with a very talented defensive line that can rush the passer, those are the two things the Chargers can do as well as pretty much any team in the league. That is a playoff defense. That's what you need to win. So, yeah, uh, 
I think the Chargers are coming out of the AFC. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. Who is coming out of the NFC? Well, I haven't said who I think. Okay, coming who's out coming AFC. out? The Steelers? No, I don't think the Steelers are going to. I think the Steelers. Secondary it can only is... be the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Patriots. Since you're picking the Chiefs uh, or the, or no. Jacksonville, well, who I think, else can I, it be? I think the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. I don't think they're going to get to the Super Bowl. Okay, so that limits to now the Patriots, Jacksonville, or the Steelers. Yeah. Who's it going to be? Jacksonville. Jacksonville's going to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's. I'm not happy about that, but I, I think Blake Bortles does just enough, a la Trent Dilfer, to get a very good defense to the Super Jacksonville's Bowl. Jacksonville's a good team. They're no joke. And Leonard, they're Fournette. off. Leonard Fournette's a real as a stud. Blake Bortles is a turd wrapped in a quarterback's uniform. He didn't get better. He just didn't screw up too much. Until he got to the Patriots, and he, they forced him to screw up a little well, bit more. Well, and again, maybe they don't need him to be very good. The, the, way, that their team, the way that their team Just is don't turn the ball over, right. and we'll win. That's what they're saying. Don't turn the ball over. All right, over, so we'll you win. have Jacksonville out of the AFC. So I don't like it, but I'm saying Who's it. coming out of the NFC? That's a different challenge. Um, are the Eagles going back to the Super Bowl? No, they are not. And the reason they're not is because why? Well, I think they're in turmoil at the quarterback position. Eh. Foles... Did great in the playoffs, and I think he has a chance. But I think without Peterson saying he's our starter going no, Foles in, Foles is not. I mean, Foles is not taking them to the Super Bowl. Are you telling me that you're going to Peterson is going to declare that he's their starter? Everyone knows no, the no, situation. No, no, Wentz. There's something wrong with Wentz. Well, he's still he's still recovering. He's still recovering, but Peterson still acts like Wentz is going to start. No, I, I don't think he is. Well, but I think he's not giving the team a clear message. He's still saying, "Well, Wentz is going to be Wentz is our quarterback." Wentz is our quarterback. He's not starting right now because there's something wrong with him. So you start Foles, you get Foles 100% no, nobody, of the reps. No, here's the thing. Nobody on that team is confused about who's, who's the starting Who should be, but who actually is going to be on the field is a different story. Yeah, but they know that. I mean, th- he hasn't been medically cleared. And even if he is medically cleared, we're talking about Wentz. I mean, Peterson gave an interview the other week to someone from SI. It was like a feature. Um, and he basically said, look, this guy is going to be our quarterback for the next 10 or 15 years, you know, mm-hmm. health contingent and i'm not rushing this guy back in if if he's he hasn't had contact for over a year right so you're right i mean nick Foles may play the first quarter of the season but there's nobody on the team that's confused about well no i don't mean that i mean say nick Foles is our quarterback up until the point where he where wentz gets cleared and he's not been definitive on that he's not saying he won't start the season wentz meaning he might he might not i'm not sure we're still working on that he doesn't know but you're a week away. Yeah, I don't see. I don't think that's a reason. Now, but, that's the first. Because here's thing. the thing: the Eagles' defense on paper is even better than it Correct. was last year. And their offense, and I don't put a lot of stock in preseason, but they haven't scored a point on offense with any level of talent. Well, Foles has had a horrible preseason, but see, I think preseason is is complete, okay. So let's go to the, let's go to the second team, third team. They haven't scored a point on offense. You got to score something. I'm not saying preseason is the end all be all because it certainly is not. You can win. Do the, the Eagles win their division? Well, they got the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Giants. They'd have to fall off a huge cliff not to, I think. Well, I actually don't think those teams are all that bad. Um, Jason Garrett's still the coach in Jason Garrett is still the coach. Okay, so that's... Um, I mean, you know, Dak is kind of going to have a prove-it year this year. Ezekiel Elliott may or may not beat up his girlfriend. I don't know. Um, Zeke is healthy. I mean, I think all of those teams... You know, you're looking at a bunch of teams that are all going to vie to be... Is Eli Manning getting younger? The Giants are going to be very interesting. I mean, the Giants were co- completely abysmal. Uh, I mean, OBJ only played four games last year, 
Or, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, here's, here's the question I have about the Giants, because I think Saquon Barkley is going to be very, very good. However, I have, I have questions about their offensive line. And as we know in the NFL, you rise. Look, this is what Jimmy Johnson demonstrated in Dallas, and it's been demonstrated over the course of NFL history. You win in the NFL on the offensive and defensive lines. That, mm-hmm. That's that's how you. I don't care how good your quarterback is. I don't care how good your skill position players are. If you can't block and you can't sack the quarterback or get pressure on the quarterback, you will not win. That is correct. I'm not sure that the Giants' offensive line is good enough to allow Eli to use Saquon and OBJ and their weapons as well as they should. I do think the Giants. Did the Giants only win three games last year? Yes, and get okay. the coach fired. I think the Giants yes. are probably going to win seven or eight games this year. I'm not sure. Well, that won't win the division. <laughs> yeah. So but I think I think the Eagles still come out of that division. And you think Alex Smith is the answer in Washington? I think Alex Smith is a very underrated quarterback. I think he has been portrayed as a guy who is sort of a, a you know a Dilfer-esque clipboard guy. He's if you look bad. at he's good. I, I believe definitely better Alex than Alex Smith Dilfer. is certainly good enough to take a team that surrounds him that's also solid to a Super Bowl. By that I mean he is better than a whole bunch of guys that have mm-hmm. gone to Super Bowls mm-hmm. and won them. He's good. I, I think Jay Gruden is over his depth <clears throat> still in Washington. Some of the play calling. He had Kirk Cousins, which I still don't rank as high as his monetary value would give you. But Jay Gruden just didn't, didn't coach that team correctly. And I think Jay Gruden's out after this year anyway. Are I, the Rams going to the Super Bowl? I mean, do we want to talk about a team on paper? We didn't talk about them. I mean, you look at all the stuff that they've added. Yeah, they. Yeah, they, they basically bought themselves a secondary. They've got the best pass rusher in football. Do in they? Aaron Donald. If he comes in, right? That's true. He's got to play. He's I mean, practice. You know, him or JJ Watt. If JJ is back and healthy, yeah, I think JJ. That's back actually that's also an interesting team. The Texans are an interesting team. They are. Um, they have their quarterback back, who mm-hmm. was on his way to having one of the best rookie seasons he in NFL history. He was very history. good last year before he got hurt. And yep. you now have Jadavion and J.J. potentially both together healthy, which I said, you know, Melvin and Joey are the best. J.J. and Jadavion are potentially the best if they both play up to their abilities and are healthy all season. The Texans could be an interesting team. Uh, and what's his name? Uh, Tompkins mm-hmm. is a great receiver who has basically had until his current quarterback. Nobody. Well, I guess he had. Didn't he have Schaub for a while? Yeah. Schaub was a pretty good quarterback. For so a while. my view is that the NFC is de- is between the Eagles, the Vikings and the Rams. The Vikings overperformed last year, in my opinion, with with a bunch of second I don't know. They, their defense is really good, and their coach is. You notice really the good. something here? The defenses yes. are really good. The offenses are mediocre well, at best. What about the Rams' offense? Jared Rams' Goff, offense is much better than Todd Gurley. Yes. They've got some players. The Rams' offense is head and shoulders above the Vikings' offense as as it's on paper. We'll see what it turns out to be. I'm not convinced Kirk Cousins is the second coming of. He doesn't anybody. need to be. I think Kirk Cousins is another guy that he is a he's an above average, maybe. Maybe more than an above average. I think he he's not an elite quarterback, uh, but he's he's a guy that can put points on the board. He's good, I, you know. And you said his ridiculous contract. That's what the market will bear. Oh, I know. Um, I I still think the Packers win that division. Yeah, I mean the, the, the team to beat with Aaron. Like we said, in my view, you know, you you want to interchange the Chiefs. There's really only four teams in the AFC. I think the NFC. The the only teams that really matter are the Eagles, the Rams, the. Um, Packers, 
and the Vikings. Okay. That's I can, it. I can accept that. I don't think anybody else really bobbles to the top unless something somebody really gets hurt, something happens to a team, they collapse, they lose the coach. Lose what the about company. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers? No. Because, you know, they're the trendy. That's great. Jimmy Garoppolo got a lot of money for five games of work. I it was seven. Well, five in San Francisco yes, and two in New England. Seven. That is a quite seven a whole games. Now he could turn out to be great. I think he's good. He could turn out to be awesome. I, I think they need him one more time. So your Super Bowl is Jacksonville versus who? I thought about this, and I think my Super Bowl is Jacksonville versus the Rams. I think it's L.A. versus. Jacksonville. And I think it is. Horrible matchup for the NFL for TV purposes. I think it is L.A. versus L.A. It's the Chargers (laughs) versus the Rams. Also another horrible matchup for the NFL. That's a team because you only got two West Coast teams. Nobody cares outside that. And Phillip Rivers is going to win the MVP, and the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl. And you heard it here first. You heard it here first, and you can laugh loudest when (laughs) when there's no. I I think Phillip Rivers has zero chance of winning the MVP. None. What do you mean? How could you even say that? What do you mean zero? Well, it's almost chance? always a quarterback. Okay. Well, geez. So that's the first criteria that well, no, he meets. Checks the box. He meets. He meets the only criteria, and he's alive. That's the second right. criteria. I think. How does he have no chance? Well, if Tom Brady is upright, they're going to give a half a dozen votes to him because he's upright. But Tom Brady. You, you have the same thing with LeBron. The same thing with Jordan. There's Tom Brady fatigue. Look, the Patriots win. There's they Tom Brady fatigue out. for me from here, 2001. Here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> The Patriots are going to go twelve and four or thirteen and three or whatever. Because they don't have they don't like play they always in the NFL. Do. So, but here's so that's what they do every year. Mm-hmm. It becomes increasingly difficult to impress people, and so yes, Tom Brady's going to be great again. But the Chargers don't go twelve and four because the Chargers self-immolate every season. So, if Philip Rivers takes the Chargers to a magnificent twelve and four, thirteen and three division-winning season, and he's last year. Who were 1-2 in yards passing in the NFL? Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers will have... And he got no consideration for MVP, did he? But, but that's because the Chargers started 0-4. Oh but okay, My hypothesis he has to be at is... Least, they have to be at least 12-4 and four for well, even to, if to they discuss win, it. If they win the division and he puts up his usual numbers, which is going to be 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, and their offense is measurably better... Why can't he win the MVP? Because Tom Brady just has to get to the playoffs. He could be Man. nine and seven, make the playoffs, and get the MVP. No, that no, he can't. That's They'll say the he's point. forty-one. How can he possibly be this good at forty-one? See, that's the point. First of all, people, I don't want that. Pe- to no, but people are starting to get a little bit sick of Tom Brady. Okay, uh, you get two thousand one. Well, right not here. even with the winning, just I the just whole like his whatever it is, his guru. His now he's what is his what is Guerrero his program? Guru. What is I his know, mystical? TB12, I, right. So super, he's starting to he's starting to become a little bit of uh, an annoyance to some. Because he hung up on a radio place where he's getting but, paid to talk. But yeah. but here's the thing: you have it backwards. The expectations for him, he constantly has to do more. It's a yawn. When Tom Brady throws for 35 touchdowns and the Patriots win 12 games, it's like yawn. We've seen this before. Yeah. So he needs to do more, and they're not going to do more than that. Probably not. But they, he doesn't play in an NFL division. He he's got. Three cupcakes, yeah. six games every year that are barely watchable. They're, they're not worth watching. But that doesn't... I, I mean, Steelers about to play Cleveland. That doesn't so help him. That hurts him. I don't know. That's six wins they get he, every year. He and Belichick are a victim of their success. How many times has Belichick won Coach of the Year? I don't know. I Probably no the same way that 
Popovich doesn't really ever win Coach of the Year anymore, and Phil Jackson never really won. Isn't Coach that voted of the on year, by the sports writers or whatever? But the point, yes, but the point they is, hate him. <laughs> the sports writers. The point is, is that people get tired of sure. metronomic success, even though it should be rewarded. Sure, Jordan should have won the well, MVP. We, we like the underdog, every, every underdog. season he was in the league because there was no dispute that he was the best player in the league. Yeah, we like we like underdogs. Until they're on top for too long. If they're not our team, we go, okay, I don't want to see this. Aaron Rodgers, of course, now with his, you know, there's probably four or five guys in the mm-hmm. conversation for MVP. Phillip Rivers is going to be one of those guys. If, if the Chargers win their division, he is in the top five conversation for MVP. Okay. Top you, five you, conversation. Well, top five means you said he has zero chance of winning. Okay, so, so if he you're, has if 20% you're in, chance of right, winning. Right. If you're in the top five <laughs> at the end of the year, there's going to be people that are going to vote for you. Probably. And I, I don't disagree. If they, if they get 12 wins and it's because of Phillip Rivers, not the defense saving him every week, then, yeah, I think he'll get some consideration. I still don't think he'll win, but he'll get consideration. They're not going to win their division, so you can that pipe dream is gone. So it doesn't no. really matter. It's not going to be the Broncos because they can't get out of their own way. They can't find a quarterback to save their life. I think Eli Manning looks befuddled every time he steps to the line versus his brother. I think Peyton Manning his last year when he could barely lift his arm is better than Eli right now. But why now. are you talking about Eli? Well, I was just saying from the NFC East, it's still got to be Eagles. From the NFC South, it's going to be, I think, New Orleans. Yeah. From the NFC West, I think it's going to be the Charger or the sorry the Rams, and the NFC North. I I'm going to go with the Packers, but it could be the Vikings. AFC I'll East tell you what. is going to be the Patriots again. And don't it, sleep, you know, don't sleep on the Eagles. Uh, Doug. Peterson, well, no, I said he's going to. They're going to win their division no, I mean, for sure. I think the Eagles are going to be back in the NFC Championship game. They could be. I certainly think they could be. We go back to the AFC North. I think it's the Steelers or the the Ravens, and I really don't want to say that because I can't stand the Ravens. The Bengals and the the Browns. If you're watching Hard Knocks at all, yes, it's a joke. The Browns still stink. I don't care what you say. Uh, NFC. Wait, I, I mean, I didn't say anything. No, I didn't anybody, say anything about the Browns not stinking. The Browns stink. AFC South, Houston, and I think AFC West is going to be the Chiefs. So uh, those are my eight division winners, and I th- I think it's going to be the Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sorry, I didn't pick the Jaguars in the South. I should have picked them. Yeah, that, that's going to have to. You're going to have to. They'll, they'll be wild card. See, you're very confused. They'll be a wild card. You're very, team. You're very confused. <laughs> that's all I got. Wow, that was that was that was a lengthy segment on football, but we well, kind of needed to do that. We needed to because uh, by the next time we talk, it'll be upon us, and we won't we won't really know. Do you do fantasy football at all? Nope. No. Okay, I don't either. Uh, I got out of that. that Bores uh, me now. I just. Uh, don't have the time for it. You know too much. I do. You've I seen do. how the sausage is made, and it's not. I fun. just, you know, <laughs> it's just it's boring for me because I know I know exactly who's going to do what, and so I would win the league every year, and so it's just pointless. That's fair. It's That's not fair. fair to everyone else. It's not gambling if you know the answer. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I'm I, like Biff. I have the I have all of the uh, you all, know I have the sports all the almanac. All, all the, the knowledge. Yes, all the knowledge. All the knowledge. I have not decided to this moment whether I'm going to watch on a regular basis. Um, I may or may not. I don't know. I'm going to see what happens on the. I have to night. say that my uh, my enthusiasm for the NFL in general has just sort of slowly ebbed away. I mean, I'm going to watch, yeah, but there may be weeks when I don't watch at all. I'll probably catch some highlights, you know, go um, on NFL.com. Yep. I'm just really... Uh, I'm not as excited as I used to be. I, I, well, I was always I mean, excited I, about this. I was never really... I mean, you know, I, love, I like watching sports. So yeah. I enjoyed watching the NFL. Uh, I wasn't one of these guys that, you know... Uh, don't talk to me from you know noon to yeah. whatever seven o'clock on Sunday, 
but you mean midnight or midnight exactly <laughs> right because you have Sunday night football. Yeah, I, I think we'll talk about this another time. But I, I really do think that the NFL is is approaching. I'm not going to say a crisis because they're still a cash behemoth, but they have um, their brand is. Uh, is not what it was, and no. and it's largely because of the political stuff. It really is. That's um, part of it for me. It's also the legislating. What's a well, catch? No, that's true. Hitting, no, you're helmet absolutely to right. Helmet. You're absolutely right because the rules don't make sense, and they no. keep tinkering with them and making them worse. Yeah. So you're right. I think there's just a lot of people who have decided. You know what? It's not just not that important to me anymore. No, and I and I didn't think I'd ever say that, but that's where I'm at right now. So we'll see what happens this season. Uh, I'm. Probably not going to be wrong, and Tony definitely will on his NFL predictions, just so you know yeah. up front. Mm-hmm. Um, we already know the track record that Chad has with these sorts of things. So. Uh, I, I believe the Rams had a better record than the Chargers last year. That's we, true. You, you, that, you had to sweat it out at the end there. But I did, because the Chargers actually started winning. Yes, I know. <laughs> first four well, weeks, I felt pretty good. When they went 0-4, there was like a negative, uh, you know, and it, it got close <laughs> at the end there. It did. Because did. did the Rams finish with 10 wins or 11? 12. They had 12? I believe so. I don't. I don't have I don't, to. I'd have to look no. it up. They, they had more than the. At least it wasn't. It wasn't a runaway. Yes, maybe it was, we, we maybe was eleven. Got, maybe we almost it was 11. got boat raced. Yeah, <laughs> it was not a good sign. So that's all I got. You. That's you, far. You that's far more than enough. All right. Thank you for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.